0: Hey guys, Daryl Watts here. Uh, Before we get into this podcast, I just want to throw a disclaimer out there for everybody that's listening. Firstly, I appreciate everybody taking the time to listen to me. But if anybody is listening to this podcast for the sake of advice, well, for the sake of actually trying to solicit advice from a professional, then I'm not your guy. I would recommend that you listen to another podcast that has just that a professional mental health personnel, psychologists, and all of them. But if you're listening to me just to hear my story, hear other people's story, and just solicited uh, some knowledge or some educational stuff from what I read, then this is the podcast for you to listen to. But other than that, thank you for listening, and enjoy this podcast. back again. Welcome back to another one. Breaking Mental Health with Daryl. Of course, I am Daryl. On the second day of May 2023. So I mentioned uh, yesterday that uh, I was going to be talking about children's mental health and I was going to be looking at some stats. Well, also we in that sense. Um, I have some links in the uh, in the description for some that are uh, interested in uh looking at this also because some of the things on here the material that i'm looking at is going to be from um some of the links so we're going to talk about children's mental health and then after we talk about that i'm going into an all full-blown rant and the all full-blown rant is just going to be about different things that i have seen and I've watched or whatever um, that pertains to the mental health, the mental illness and the mental mind. So, stay with me. Stay with me. Um, I'm going to step aside real quick and um, look over some other things and come back. I will be actually talking about children's mental health. So... We'll be right back. Okay. Welcome back. Um, so, when we're talking about children's mental health, we are actually talking about children's mental health. We're talking about things that are, um, let's say, that are disturbing them in so many different ways, different ways that help when we look at these stats to see what type of improvement that the mental health For access for children, the youth, will be when it comes to getting it. Um, But I think it's important that we pinpoint for World Mental Health Month. It's important for us to pinpoint because we, we talk a lot about the mental health period when it comes to adults. We talk about that a lot, but we don't take a minute to actually sit down and talk about children and their mental health because some people will be, they're too young to have that. Damn it. If people don't stop saying that shit, because you don't understand what children still have to go through. They still have feelings. They're still human. There's still all of that There's still all of that So believe it or not When you're sitting there And you're dismissing The issue of A child that they're having Then you're not taking What they're saying seriously Right? And This is why the stats are so You know, important The stats are important for us to be able to identify the different problems that they're having and what we could do as adults, even though that most adults still suffer from mental health too, but being able to help in so many ways. So let's find a way to help. So we're gonna look at so um I, I mentioned it um, yesterday, also. I also said that we was going to look at, um, um, what else I was going to do? I think we was going to look at some of the, um, I believe it was the different issues. Hell, I don't remember what I said yesterday. It's that quick. But we're going to take a look at a lot of some of these. Um, oh, I know what I said. I'm um, seeing <laughs> I'm going crazy here um we're gonna look at um stats from twenty sixteen all the way through uh last year twenty twenty two and today i was gonna actually start with uh the think yeah twenty sixteen i'm sorry uh twenty fifteen i'm gonna start with twenty fifteen and then every day for the rest of the week, moving up a year. Um, one of these I'm going to have to combine together. And it was supposed to be been 2015 and 2016. But um, what I might do, I might move that over to miscellaneous. Or I might keep it during the week. Um, to try to keep everything fresh and together so everything will make sense. But... Um, we're just going to look at 2016. I'm sorry, 2015 today. Um, if I do have some time, we can't actually look at 2015, uh, 2016, but I have, I only doubt it um, because there is enough material in here to last for a while. And of course, even though there's going to be a little bit longer podcast, I don't want to hold up a lot of people's time. I don't want to take at least an hour. I want to at least take anywhere between 30 to 40 minutes to do this. Um, so we can have a general sense Because I will be going back Differently year by year From 2016, 2015 to 2022 So um, That's that's the plan um, For today And plus with me With all the other rats And all that good stuff So let's take a look at this real quick um, So When it comes to Child youth prevalence of mental illness uh, six point two million, which is eight point five percent of children in America, suffer from an emotional behavior, behavioral, or de- developmental, uh, EBD issue. Uh, one point six million, which is six point four eight percent of children, has substance use problem, and two point one million, which is uh eight point six six percent, report having at least one major depressive episode in the year, and. 8.01% of youth reporting having attempted suicide once in the last year. Uh, twice as many females attempt suicide, which is 10.6%, as compared to males, which is 5.4%. Yeah. for the beginning of this this is pretty much a substool, this is pretty much a sit still type of number you know i really don't know if the numbers went up went down due to just starting the whole year yearly thing starting from 2015 i would kinda hope that making sense that this number would have went down but we'll determine that if it did actually go down when we look at uh, 2016, and it's kind of amazing that, um, it's amazing how many children are having these problems. It's amazing that, you know, the mental health, the mental illness of children is skyrocketing. And you look at the mass shootings from um, this year, 2023 so far, you know, it's, it's mind boggling. It's, it's a crying out loud shame, right? It's a disappointment because something's failing. Something's lacking thereof. Believe it or not, it's failing. The system, it's failing, somehow, because we're really, we're really focused on different things. And I've mentioned this before, um, with children and youth, we really have to kind of take a minute, and children really have to be heard. They have to be heard, regardless if they're, you know, regardless if you feel like that they're not making sense or regardless to if they're um, missing details on a lot of things. Or they're just simply telling you that there are things that they don't want to do because of whatever reason. We got to listen. We can't sit here. And when they say they don't want to do something because of whatever reason, we can't just dismiss it, blow it off and be like, oh, well, you're going. You're going because, you know, such such may not happen or whatever your reasoning is. If you speak on it and if there's something wrong with this. Let's find a way to help them with this problem, right? If they have to. Um, deal with some psychotherapy, rather they have to deal with a counselor or a therapist or anything like that you know we we have to take that seriously, and then I know that me as a kid growing up, I had so much anxiety. I've said this before back in year one of the podcast um I've shared my story on certain things. And this was one of them. I had, um, as a kid, you know, it, it really—I really had high anxiety going to school because I had a, well, I would think it wasn't diagnosed, but I had a, a speech impediment that you know I was very nervous to speak in front of a class, um, to read, you know allowed in front of the class, and believe it or not, I was a very good reader. I was very good at comprehending a lot of things as a kid, but my anxieties backed me down to not do it, To, uh, to sit there and just look, you know, lost confused because if I talked the wrong word would slip out or I said a word wrong and the teacher has to sit there and correct you and the kids to sit there and they laugh at you. These are the type of anxieties the type of depression that one child can sit in and one child that was me. You know because I that's how I was. And I remember one time in fourth grade, I um, it was really hard because I hated when teachers actually volunteered you because they didn't want to understand that you had a problem, a mental health problem at that, and I hated that so much. I remember I was sitting in the class. And my teacher was picking out certain individuals to, you know, read a passage or a paragraph. But it was more of a paragraph to, um, you know, just to read out loud in front of the class. But this was one you just stand up and um, and take the book with you and read it, but you actually read it from your desk. And when she was just volunteering people, I was already... Nervous enough. My anxiety was already bad enough because I knew she was going to pick me to read. I do it, and so I never forget it. Um, she <laughs> once, till they got their readings, she look around, good, good, <laughs> she'll sit there, and then. Nobody will raise their hand, and I ain't raised my hand the whole entire time we've been reading this book. So <laughs> she'd go, began to read, Mr. Watts. I'm like, you, Ugh. I knew it. It was just about our time. You know, they don't care about, you know, how you feel and your anxieties are, you know, feeling at that point because you had to participate. And sometimes and some teachers will grade you based on performance, too. But this wasn't the case, though. And I'm glad about that because I would have failed miserably. Not like I failed anyway, because I mean, I still did it, but failing in a sense, because you wasn't actually raising your hand to, you know, volunteer. So. When she picked me to read. I had no choice. You know my anxieties are bad. I just pulled up my big boy pants. Zipped them up. Tried to block out all the anxieties. And I read like a champ. Read like a champ. I was very expressive. To how the book was read. You know. And. That was that. And I'll tell you, that was the hardest thing to ever do. You know, and the more... And I'm glad that, you know, I was able to put some of those to the side. I was able to put the anxieties to the side. But I sat there and and it just continued to happen. It wasn't like, you know... I was like, you know, I need to talk to somebody about this problem that I'm having. I when to come down to, you know, performance, talking, reading and stuff like that. I get real bad anxiety. I never talked to anybody about it. I just dealt with it. I just dealt with it. And it was hard. It was just hard. Can you imagine if one of your children was going through that or a lot worse, suicidal? for that matter right there like any small thing that was my small thing any small thing could be for any student it could be for any student regardless to what you believe in you know that is that was the toughest so that is the the uh the beginning of, you know, what what you're dealing with as a child. You know, a child want to be able to, you know, enjoy playing toys and and all of that stuff, but as we, you know, as the generation grows and stuff like that, now we're dealing with uh, a lot of uh, children wanting iPhones and stuff. Odd, nothing wrong with it, but... With the way that things are going on social media and stuff like that, is bringing more depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts to children, believe it or not. But it is what it is. This is what happens. So when it comes to insurance and access care for children, uh, 11.4% of children with ongoing EBD were uninsured or had periods of no insurance. Um, two out of five children in America who needed mental health treatment did not receive it. And only 0.8% of all students are identified as having a serious emotional disturbance and are therefore likely as a matter, of course, to have their SED taken into consideration in planning for appropriate educational modifications and accommodations in the individualized education plan. So what I see here is that in general children in America are more likely to have insurance coverage than adults. A state children's health insurance program, which is CHIP, is an example of how good I'm sorry, how government insurance can improve access for families who are too poor to pay for private insurance but not poor enough to qualify for Medicaid. For many many America's youth, however, having insurance coverage does not mean access to treatment. Without treatment, many of America's youth struggle to thrive. This treatment gap points to the increasing importance of uh, access to school accommodations through an individualized educational plan. Unfortunately, the data shows that many youth who need school accommodations through IEP are not receiving them. So, no access to, you know, mental care at all. Alexa was just about to blow up, too. Well, never mind. Did anyway, because I said the name. Uh, the thing is, is that a lot of people find this insults. And we shouldn't be finding these as insults of people trying to get access to care. No way. Why? We're human. We need help. What are we doing when we're sitting here and people are getting denied health care because you're too poor? What are you doing? I'll say this, a search in Google can come a long way. YouTube videos can come a long way. What is the common denominator in both of those? In the Google search and YouTube? Free. That's the common denominator. If you could search up something on Google and YouTube about mental health and psychotherapy and stuff like that, you'll find some stuff. People are out here doing things remotely to bring awareness on mental health. They're doing it. They're straightening up doing this and to me I love it it's it's only logical because it makes sense that you know if nobody can afford it the internet is the next way to go because most of the stuff is free for what you're gaining access to it's free right and it's the only way that you could be able to you may be limited but at the same time you're still Actually, out there trying to find some kind of help. People are writing books. I got some. Believe it or not. And, and you know, it may not be in the sense of um, helping with uh, children and youth, but it's helping with young adults, adults, and all of them. It could be applied. But we need something helpful. All around, equally, that includes children in mental health and it includes children and youth. It, it's, it's that serious. So, one out of three children uh, with ongoing EBD have insurance that is inadequ- inadequate. Uh, one in three of adults with disability could not see a doctor because of cost. 1 out of 790, nationally, there is only one mental health provider for every 790 individuals. 19.6% is a national 180-day readmission rate, non forensic is 19.6%, which indicates a significant lack of uh, available community-based services. And 70% of those who receive mental health uh, services report that they have improved social uh, connectedness. That's access equality and network uh, adequacy. Um, That includes uh, children and uh, adults. Um, I'm going to say this. Um, Remember, this is just 2015 that we're looking at. This is 2015. Um, 2015 had a different... um, a different lack because of, um, because of, um, the presidency. Um, Barack Obama, uh, I believe, I'm sorry. Yeah, Barack Obama, you know, still being president. He was actually, um, taking, you know, Medicare and access to health, mental health, and all of them. He was taking that seriously. So, a lot of people with physical injuries and um, actual mental, mental health and stuff like that, he took that seriously. And that became a big thing. And now we look at it today, they want to try to take all this away for whatever reason. And we can't have that. We need every piece of this and... Like I said, I, I, I tip my hat to people that write books that are on YouTube actually advocating for this and that are actually um, talking problems, helping clients and stuff like that, you know, that are at least doing it on the free side of it. I tip their hats to them because we need that. We really, really need it. And even though, although we still need the actual government to help be involved in the mental health aspect, we need this. It's, it's hurting the economy, believe it or not. You, everybody think it may not be a big deal, but now guess what? It's starting to become a big deal now. 2015 is, you know, something to think about. Um we're um we're right, you know, trying to get to where it's 2023, and people are just trying to get it taken away. Or oh, they don't want to take it seriously, like up oh, is your problem. Um, adults, um parents. Let them deal with it. And that's what we're dealing with right now. Okay. I know this rant that I needed to go on. Um, I think it's important for this rant because it needs to be acknowledged. So... I know a lot of people that watch TV, that are very familiar with, um, Investigation Discovery, um, this household is, me and Darren is, uh, excuse me, um, we're familiar with it because we watch it, uh, and if anybody sits down and watches that channel, is. Different stories about people um, rather if just uh, living in America or doing their jobs as police officers. Um, they share their stories about different things that, you know, um, terrify them or they lost a loved one or anything like that. So if anybody sit down and watch Obsessed, uh, The Darkest Desires, I got something to say about that. It hurts and it kills me to the core that these people that are experiencing this type of terrifyingness of their stories about how they're being stalked and how it could eventually lead to them getting killed. It kills me that every time I watch an episode. There's always been a common denominator. Either one that the stalker was either planning on killing them, or they are, or they killed them. These are the two things that I've seen, but most of these stories has been told based off of them surviving. It's been told that they survived, which is is always a good thing, but the problem with that is is that they're living with that. They're living with that issue they're living with you know what they had to deal with and it also kills me that the main people that would protect to serve as police officers are the ones that don't take it seriously yeah I get it there has to be a crime to be committed in order for it to happen this is why I feel that the um Gun laws need to change. That's why I feel that um, the restraining orders needs to get more serious. It needs to be more stricter. And if these were the things, the two top things that would have happened in these stories, then it probably wouldn't go further than what it would. It would keep them locked up for a serious period of time because they say it's a serious crime. But the restraining order don't help to protect it. It kills me. I've watched story after story after story. And all these and all these police officers are doing is either one not taking it seriously or two laughing at them. Because it's cute that they have a stalker. What in the holy camole fuck? Are you for real? I know for a fact that I can't sit here and watch a story and boom that somebody's stalking them and it's leading to a series of problems. And they have to build evidence but the evidence is not good enough. That's why they do it. Because they know they can't get in trouble for stalking. Because it's not a crime. They won't help you. And and that's why I feel that police officers need to sit down and watch some of this stuff. I'm pretty sure they do. But they need to sit down and watch this. They need to actually put this in a conference room and sit there and watch this shit. Because this shit here is 100% serious. It's serious. If I knew for every percent That somebody was going to walk into a uh, Walk into the police department And file a claim That they're being stalked And all they was going to do Get laughed at and not take it seriously I, Man <clears throat> That percent could turn in very well For me being rich Based on the number I could pick any number I want. It's ridiculous. It's 100% 100 ridiculous that sitting here and watching Obsessed. And watching these women. Getting stalked. And nothing's being done until something serious happens. It's a crying shame. Yeah, they also done uh you know changed the uh, the locations, the stories, the the people, whatever they did that uh, you know, to purposely mix it up. I get that, I understand that. Still, the stories are being told for a reason. The stories are being told for a reason. And I feel that the police officers need to watch this stuff, and that's why people You know. uh, Create a non-profit business. A non-profit business. Based on advocating for stalkers. To find them resources. And to give them help that they need. Because they've been through it. They've been through it. It hurts. That just hurts. Downright. Because it. It, it, it pains me. It pains me so badly. The, the mental issues that they have dealt with. The mental issues that the stalker. Is putting on. Himself. Being obsessed. With one woman. The trauma. That these women. Have been through. And still probably currently going through. Just because that ends. In that story. That means. That they're still dealing with it they're probably still dealing with it to this day but probably can't do nothing because there's nothing in that law that will pre- you know prevent them from you know coming into the crime hurts it hurts like one person could be putting away for 23 years one person could be put away for two and a half years another one could be put away. For whatever such time. And that hurts. It 100% hurts. But I just have to rant that out. That's all I have. Uh, I really appreciate everybody's time. I appreciate everybody listening to me. Um, join me tomorrow. We'll be doing the same thing. We're going into 2016. Um, of Georgia stats. Youth and mental health. And the normal usual as per se. Um, I'm on social media. You can hit me up there. Twitter and Instagram. Twitter at... Uh, Love University and Instagram Love University. Uh, email me, breakingmiddleh at gmail.com. Just hit me up. We'll talk. But until then, stay true to yourself. And always remember when it comes to listening, we're one step closer to bringing awareness. Let's go.